Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Let's Be Real. I am super glad for today and for this episode. We've had a few chances um, over the last few weeks to have just a one-on-one conversation. And I try to just address the things that I'm experiencing with people um, as we go through life together, kind of what are some of the themes that I'm seeing. And so this one may feel like a little bit out of left field in the middle of everything else we're doing, but truly I do believe that uh, the ability to engage in meaningful conversation is a skill. Um, It's an art form, but it also is something that you can practice. And when you practice and when you're able to employ some of these ways of being with other people, it leads to really meaningful connection. And it can be a place of real insight, of breakthrough, of healing for someone else. I also think that when we are able to engage in meaningful conversations with others, we ourselves experience insight, breakthrough, revelation for our own stories. Um, We are people who learn and think in stories. And as adults, one of the things that we often do is we interpret our own experiences as we listen to the experiences of others, which is why real connection vulnerable conversation, uh, honest meaning with each other is incredibly important because of the growth that it creates both in ourselves and in others. So today, I want to talk about how to have a spiritual conversation. And I chose the term spiritual um, very, very intentionally because I'm not necessarily talking about how to have a Christian conversation, how to have a conversation where you are encouraging or Um, I hate to use the word selling, but sometimes that's how it feels, like trying to sell somebody on who Jesus is. That's not what Jesus taught, frankly, and that's not what we're called to do. But I do think that we can be people who create an environment where we can be comfortable uh, bringing our souls to a conversation. I think many of us are very comfortable bringing our minds to a conversation. We will leave conversation in the world of transaction and in the world of information exchange Some of us are comfortable with emotional conversation where we're actually able to sink our thoughts into our hearts and use feeling words to describe our experiences in the world. But far fewer of us, even if you've been in the church your whole life, even if you are following Jesus, far, far fewer of us are actually comfortable with spiritual conversations where we go to the deepest places of our experience, where our mind and our spirit and our emotions and our relationships are intertwined, where we are integrating past, present, and future, and we we are very not comfortable necessarily knowing how to be in that space with someone or knowing even how to be in that space ourselves. So I want to give you just a few ways, I think, that if you're interested in being a person who connects with others, this might be connecting with a family member, connecting with your children, uh, connecting with friends on a deeper level, how do you become a person who creates an environment where it's comfortable to be your whole self? How do you actually have a spiritual conversation? So this is kind of based my insight or or sort of um, idea behind this, what sparked my curiosity around this conversation. I'm reading Eugene Peterson's book right now, now called Tell It Slant. And it's really about Jesus's way of engaging with the world. And what Eugene Peterson says early on in the book is that Jesus has three ways of communicating um, when we read about Jesus in the Gospels. The first is proclamation, and so that's preaching. This is when we like when he's like, "Behold, the kingdom of God is here." You know, it's this kind of um, enthusiastic proclaiming of the truth. That's preaching. The second is teaching, and teaching is a little different than preaching. Teaching is a little bit of what we do here, right? Like teaching is 
taking that like practical everyday matters, um, interpreting life, uh, interpreting the ways that we can flourish in our life. And so teaching is sort of in that category. But the third one that I think we're most uncomfortable with maybe in our culture right now is spiritual conversations. The everyday spiritual direction would be one of the phrases that we would use. Spiritual direction is a tradition in the church that in some ways has fallen out of like the evangelical cultural mainstream. But the idea of spiritual direction is that we can be two fellow journeyers in this life and that we can provide for each other a space where we're able to hold up a mirror about what your soul is really experiencing and listen together to what God might be leading one or the other toward. And that's what spiritual direction is. And Jesus does spiritual direction, at least according to Eugene Peterson, as he walks with his disciples and as he walks through sort of the life part, the life interpretation interpretation. The idea with spiritual direction is that we need preaching and we need teaching, but we also need a place to then take preaching and teaching and interpret it through the very, very personal experience of our own life. And many of us may, I think, have a very high amount of even quality preaching and teaching coming into our existence. We've got a lot of things coming in through our head, Uh, Maybe some of those things are coming into our heart, but far less places where we're actually doing the work of saying, based on what I'm hearing and learning or experiencing in life, what is God speaking personally to me through my own personal experiences? And if I was going to make it even more clear, my own personal struggles, my own personal questions, the places where things are not lining up in my life, where is that place? And I think that through this season with COVID and the pandemic and coming out of community, maybe many of us for the for the first time really are realizing how incredibly important it is to be a person who has spiritual friends, who is able to have spiritual conversation. And many of us yearn for that and we long for that. But one of the ways that we can make a difference in that area is to start to be people who create an environment where that's comfortable. If you start leading in that way and influencing others around you in that way, I I do believe that like we do reap what we sow and God will provide that for you as well. So you you can start here by asking the question, how do I become a person who is a a comfortable and safe place for people to have a spiritual conversation? And then um, how do I actually enter into that myself as well? So um, here's a couple of things that I want to do. First, I just want to define what a spiritual conversation is. So this is my own definition. Um, When I think about a spiritual conversation, a spiritual conversation to me is a place where you are safe to be fully yourself and there is a space for listening, okay? So a spiritual conversation does not mean I'm with an expert who's able to answer all my questions. A spiritual conversation does not mean I'm with somebody who knows the Bible better than me. A spiritual conversation does not mean I'm with someone who's been trained or gone to school to be in vocational ministry. That's not what spiritual conversations are at all. Spiritual conversations are when you are in the presence of another person that allows you to be fully yourself. You feel like you can bring your full self into the space, and it's okay to have questions. A person who is able to create space for listening, okay? So all of us have the ability to be a spiritual friend. All of us have the ability to be a place of spiritual conversation. So the first thing that we have to do if we want to be people who are able to foster spiritual conversations is that you've got to check the condition of your own heart. 
This is huge. Uh, Many of us carry deep-seated beliefs, unconscious kind of language around what we think we're supposed to do for another person. And so something that might happen, here's an example just from this week in one of my group coachings. We talked about um, one of the, the people in the group started talking about that a family member is struggling and that this person was having such a hard time letting it be okay for the other person to struggle. This person was getting in touch with the fact that their heart desired quick fixes and like wants a solution. And so what she was discovering about herself is that she found herself anxiously wanting to solve the problem. So when we start to get, we need to check the condition of our own heart because what that person, that leader was experiencing was, oh man, like my own control, my own anxiety, my own desire for things to be well is impacting my ability to fully accept this person for where they are. So one of the things that, these are like some super helpful mindsets that I think that Jesus has about other people. One of them is that um, only the other, only another party can decide that they want to be healed. Um, only another party can decide they want to seek the truth. Like you can't do that for somebody else. Um, I think that Jesus had this incredible ability to keep everybody human. So, like the other person across from you is cherished by God, is made in the image of God, um, has a life that God has planned for them, is living into like the exact place that God is not surprised by where they are. These are the kind of things that when you think those things and you're in the presence of another person, you'll find yourself to be a more settled presence because you're not trying to solve anything. You're not trying to fix anything. You're not trying to fix another person. You're not allowing, and you can be aware of your own anxiety that might rise up because that's a place that you can grow, but you want to know the condition of your own heart. This is huge also with parenting. So you guys know, uh, Dave and I, our kids are teenagers now. So we're entering into that season where we're starting to launch them into life. And it is a tendency of mine to want to fix things for my kids. Of course I want to, but it's also a mindset to say, no, this is this is a precious child of God who has their own story and their own struggles, and it's no longer my responsibility to fix their life. Um, it's my responsibility to walk alongside of them, to show them unconditional love and acceptance, to point them toward Jesus in every way that I can, but it's not my job to fix their life. And people feel it. It does not feel safe when you're sitting across from someone who you're pretty sure is trying to fix your life. It does not feel safe to sit across from someone who keeps offering you solutions that you've already thought through. Like that doesn't help. It doesn't actually help you be your full self. So when we want to be people who create an environment for spiritual conversation, we've got to check the condition of our own heart. Okay, so here's a couple ways that you can help. Um, Here is a mindset to have when you are in a conversation with someone else who's sharing real story. You want to aid in exploration and in discovery. So my job is to be a fellow person who might be able to look at the landscape with you and aid in your exploration. Um, My job is to be a person who can look at the landscape with you and aid in your discovery. Because what I'm doing in that sense is that I'm going to say I'm a fellow journeyer and actually the Holy Spirit is the one who's speaking into your life. That's what a spiritual conversation is. So I don't have to speak into your life. I'm trying to create an environment with you where you might be able to see a perspective differently or aid in the discovery of something that God is already speaking into your heart, not necessarily through my mouth. Like he might be speaking into your heart and you just need space to discover that. So I thought I would use a couple of reader questions as a way to like 
give you guys an example of how you can do this. So a couple of you guys, um, I want to read through a little bit of your notes to me, and I'm going to change your names, um, but let's just kind of listen together at a couple of struggles that we can hear in this place. Here we go. Reader question. This one isn't as much of a question. It's kind of just like a statement. (laughs) But the statement is basically from Stephanie, who says, in a world where I see so many Christian leaders conforming more and more to influencer celebrity, I'm thankful that your posts are relatable. And then she goes on to talk about that she's in student ministry and that it's super helpful to be able to talk about struggles when she's working with young people. And how does it look to actually walk alongside of someone um, and encourage them without necessarily teaching them. So this is for Stephanie, like this whole conversation, because I want to help Stephanie know some of the ways that you can do that. So here's one of the things that I like to do. When I hear somebody ask a question, like um, in our next reader question, the last sort of thought that this reader has is, is there hope for someone like me? Okay. So when you get to, when you listen well to someone, you're going to hear a moment where there's sort of a statement or a question that they might have, like, where is God in this struggle? Or I'm just not sure how I'm supposed to feel about this. It's some kind of statement like that. And I want you as a person who wants to be good at spiritual conversations to listen for a moment like that. And one of the ways that you can help somebody discover what they're thinking or explore a new way is just to turn the question a little bit and ask the question, well, what would it feel like to have hope? Or in the other question, like, I don't know how I'm supposed to feel about this. Well, how would you like, how what would, how would you know that you were feeling good about it? So you kind of take whatever they've said and you turn it a little bit with like a how. It's a little bit of a vision question that helps the other party to process, oh, if I'm, if I'm telling my friend that I feel really anxious, it's really helpful when my friend says, how would you feel if you were at peace about it? I probably haven't thought about that, right? Like when we're struggling, we tend to stay like really deep in the struggle. And as a friend, a spiritual friend, we can come alongside and help to see, okay, what would it feel like if you were in a different place on this journey? And usually a person slows down a lot when you say that because they they actually don't know the answer, but you're helping them, right? You're guiding them to a different perspective and you're staying quiet and with them while they explore, well, what would it feel like if that felt different? If you feel stuck here, what would it feel like to be unstuck? If you feel anxious here, what do you think would be different if you felt at peace? If you feel hopeless here, what would it feel like to have hope? A lot of times we get really stuck in our struggle, and it's very hard for us to imagine not being in the struggle anymore. And so we stay in this cycle, this negative cycle, and a spiritual friend can help us have hope that things can actually be different. So you can turn it. And then the second thing that you want to assume is assume that they have something in themselves that they need to hear. If you can believe that every person that you ever speak with is a treasure, and there is a treasure to uncover in every conversation, they can uncover it in themselves. And they'll they'll thank you for it. They'll think you did something for them. But in reality, all you did was create a space for them to listen to themselves. Great questions that do not lead the other person, that do not offer solutions, but just questions that help someone see things from a different angle and ask the question, what would that feel like if you were in a different place? Or how would you know that this struggle was over? Or 
if you could look back, what do you think God might be teaching you in this season? Those are the kind of questions that um, we really get to discover together what God might already be doing, rather than feeling like I have to be an expert of some kind, or I've got to solve this problem for my friend who is struggling. Learning to be okay with the pain that someone's in and just to sit in it and to explore it with them is what creates safety. And safety is what creates meaning. And meaning is what allows us to actually be two souls together. And what happens in that process is, yeah, you may not leave the conversation like, wow, we really solved that. But there's a there's a spiritual reality that happens because we've actually done the work of bearing each other's burdens. And in that spiritual reality, that deeper connection, it just opens our ears again to hear the Spirit. I, I believe that God is speaking to all of us all the time. He speaks through nature. He speaks through song. He speaks through friendships. He speaks through His Word. And what we do for one another when we don't try to solve it, we just create space where it's safe to be fully yourself, is we create the space to hear from God together. And that is really the gift and the joy of spiritual conversations. So this final reader question, I kind of already alluded to it a little bit. And I just, I want to like say, if this if this reader was here, what would we say? And this person says, my answer, my question is complicated. How do you accept what God has allowed to happen to you? How do you stay strong when you feel like you're being attacked by Satan? God, uh, how does Satan use my depression to defeat me? I'm not a new Christian, but I feel like it's all rote. And then the question goes on and says, I do want to get better and believe. I do want to be able to hear. Is there help for someone like me? So when you listen closely to a person, and I wish that I could have this pers- this conversation in, in person, but let's let's pretend that we can. When you listen closely to a person and you don't interrupt and you allow them to say everything that you that they want to say, usually we will have a story that kind of develops, right? And this this story for this reader ends on this question, is there help for someone like me? And that there's a lot. There's a lot there if you think about that question. And my my first question, if I was creating a space for spiritual conversation with this dear reader, would be, um, what does help look like? What would help look like? And just be quiet and like let let that be what it is, right? And there's also a, a huge place to say, can I put myself in this person's shoes? And what I hear in this person's shoes is what I've experienced too, which is long seasons where it feels like there isn't hope, long seasons where you feel like you've been disregarded, long seasons where you don't feel that connection. Um, but what I would want in this conversation with this person who has mentioned many different struggles is to remember that Jesus came in a body and he became embodied as God because our whole lives matter. Spiritual conversations don't just happen up here above our head. They are mental, they are emotional, they're physical, and they're relational. And so when we think about the idea of helping someone with a struggle, we can ask, like, what would it look like for you to experience help just physically? You know, what would it look like for you to experience help relationally? Because a spiritual life is a holistic life. It's an integrated life. So it means all of those things matter, right? And this particular person in this longer email has mentioned lots of ways that help has come. And what we can do for one another is to be able to see God working in many, many different places in our life. Sometimes we need therapy. Sometimes we need medication. Sometimes we need a nap. 
Sometimes we need a good laugh with friends. Sometimes we need to invite people over. Sometimes we need to serve. All of those things are God's design for help. All those things are God's design for hope. So one of the things we do when we enter in and engage in spiritual conversation is that we also engage in an integrated conversation about our entire lives, which is why it matters so deeply. I hope this has been helpful for you guys just to just to open the conversation. If you want to talk more about that, shoot me an email at Nicole at NicoleUnis.com. Thanks again for listening. Thanks for being faithful viewers and listeners and sharers of Let's Be Real. We'll be back with you guys next week.